Y'all ready? We ready. Showroom, y'all ready? Hello, hello, welcome back to Delicious Tears. I'm your host of Solution, and this time we are going back to Goat Talk. All right, I warned you all that we we're coming up with Goat Talk, and this is basically part two of the TNT show. I got a special guest. Nah, nah, this dude's the co host today. My dude, Tommy, two times. We did the TNT show at KSYM for almost two years, and if you live in San Antonio, even around the world, you know all about us. We're some old dudes with a heavy, heavy knowledge of hip-hop culture and sports. Tommy, talk to him, man. Hey, hold up, man. Old dudes? Yeah, we're some old dudes, man. Uh, <laughs> man. We got to come in like that. All right. Yeah. You know what? We got to be transparent. I understand the honesty. That's how we are. We ain't trying to fake the funk on nobody. Mm -hmm. Yeah, y'all. This is Tommy Two Times here with Man Solution. Glad to be here. Appreciate the invite. Glad to be on the show. Let, let's talk to him. But we're going to transition to hip hop culture, oh, and um, and, you know, just to to bring people up to speed. This is how Tommy and I connected. You know, we filled the void at KSYM back in the day, and I, I like to say before they even the, the professors were already scheming to bring us together, but we brought us together, right? You know, and uh, the the story is I'll let Tommy tell it. <laughs> <laughs> story is. We uh, I want to say it was the first day of class. Yeah, yeah. First day of class. Um, was it audio or broadcast announcer? Broadcast announcer. Okay, yeah, yeah. I'm sitting in the front, mm -hmm. ready, to, good to go. You know, come to find out now, mind you, this is uh football season. Yep. So I'll give you a little background story. I'm from the East Coast, from Pennsylvania. I'm a diehard Steelers fan since me high. So I'm sitting there, I got my Steelers jersey on, Steelers cap, ready to go. Class is coming in, people start walking in, all of a sudden this guy comes walking in, and I see this dude walking in, Baltimore Ravens hat, Baltimore Ravens jersey. And I look at him, he looks at me, and if you know anything about football, you know. Oh yeah. That has been a rival for the past, what, decade and a half? Yeah, about at least 15, solid so 15. We look, we look at each other, just get a head nod. Yep. There's going to be some ish talking yeah. up in here. Yeah, so long, long story short, we did introduce ourselves, got to talking, come to find out we both were veterans. We both were into music, radio, yep. this and that and the other. And uh, at the time, I was getting a internship slash actual part-time gig at the radio station. And we started talking. We was able to put together our own radio show at the station. Mm. And we both had an actual love and genuine appreciation for hip hop and the culture. Yeah. And um, we took it from there and blossomed into an excellent, excellent uh, time. Yeah. It, radio show. It, the, the professors were looking to fill the uh, urban radio slot. Um, at a, I'm going to say it. You know, shout out to Mustard, but that crappy hour. That two hour <laughs> slot we had But we made yeah. it work We yeah. became global You know, yep. We made this thing global If you know we had the Facebook page pop And we would go live And I really think that did uh, It put faces to the TNT show And um, 
you know people would recognize us out in public you know on campus and stuff like oh you the guys and stuff like that so um we had a lot of fun um just the concepts we came up with and we wrote nothing down nothing we straight up ad lib and uh it just chemistry it worked extremely well and um we would just add different stuff you know having a guest on um shout out to mc square shout out to native sons uh, mr james carter uh sending his music and stuff like that like we really had it popping with that but you know all good things come to an end because life you know Uh life happens but when we did this we signed a contract with the station but something that wasn't present in that concept was something that he and i shook hands on we said we would not do this without one another that's right if one of us left we would not host the show alone the show ends if both of us can't be there that's it and um i wound up staying in san antonio tommy went a little further north and i was like nope people kept saying you should come nope nope not doing it not doing Mm -hmm. it you know, yeah. it was back in the day, you spit in your palm and shake. We didn't do that, but <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> but we said, no, nah, we're not going to do it alone. So um, when the podcast came along, uh, I said, hey, we we got to do something, man. You know, is we got to do something. So here we are with Go Talk Hip Hop Culture, and we will talk about some of the greats. We mentioned LL Cool J's a segue on the intro to bring this in, and um, one of the things we're going to talk about is uh, lyrics, content, the greatest of all time. You know, who do you have, Tommy? Lyrics and content. Who? Lyrics and content. Um, I'm going to take the pressure off you. You don't have to rank them. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so. I look at this as uh, Mount Rushmore. Mm, okay. That's right? kind of ranking, though. It is kind of ranking. <laughs> it, it, it is, but. The, the, okay, I'll put this on my five. These five guys are always coming to my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, no, no specific order. KRS One, the okay. teacher. Okay. The God MC, Rakim. Got you. We talked about those. Segway, I agree. LL Cool J. I agree. A lot of people would leave him off, though. I know. And we'll, we'll get into that. Mm-hmm. They will. I have to put this individual on there. Uh, Jay Z. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And this other individual, which hardly ever gets brought up, but then when you hear him, you're like, matter of fact, so much so, performers that been in the game forever in a day, when they do a show, nobody, when I say nobody, nobody wants to follow him. Nobody. Mm-hmm. Buster Rhymes. Mm-hmm. That's my five. KRS One, Rakim, LL Cool J, Jay Z, and Buster Rhymes. Hey, you know, I see what you <laughs> did there because we said content. Right and Buster Rhymes' stage presence, in my opinion, is unmatched. Rapper, it's, it's yeah, rapper, yeah. unmatched. Right. So, um, I was watching something on Facebook the other day. Uh, Bill Bellamy told a story, and his his timeline didn't quite match up, but I, I believe the story to be true as far as the songs he was talking about. And um, they had the celebrity. We used to do the celebrity basketball games on MTV. Right. right. And um. The, the closeout for the game was they had basically a concert and it was Coolio and Busta Rhymes. So the record, you know, the politics, the record label, uh, Coolio had the, the bigger songs, commercial songs, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gangsta's Paradise and Fantastic Voyage. You know, friendly stuff. Nothing, you know, harmless. Mainstream America loves that. You know, uh, take it how you want it. So they, they thought Busta Rhymes was going to have like a problem going first. 
opening for Coolio. So Bill says they go down to you know his room and spit floor and split star him are in the room and rampage. He goes, Hey Buster, um, you know, Coolio with the songs and is he imitates Buster Robs. Hey yo son, it don't matter when I go. We'll be out there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's about right. So Buster Robs, he says Buster Rob goes on stage and destroy the crowd is like Electric, he said. You can feel people moving. You know, you think about it. Buster Rhymes has a plethora of high energy songs. Like you catch a heart attack working out to him in DMX. You know, absolutely. You build a workout. It's like yeah, my heart rates up just by listening. So you you think about him, you know, jumping around on the stage, the interaction with the crowd, you know, just the energy, his voice, you know. And here's another thing where people tend to forget. They have in hip hop, you have the song, you have the single, it's a smash, it goes out. It's yeah. So much so, if it's such a big song, what happens? Mm-hmm. They want to do what? A remix. A remix. Yeah. Think about this. What artist, specific artist, people always somehow, some way calls up for the past two decades Trevor. to be on that re- remix? Find Trevor. And who usually <laughs> is the last guy, if it's a collaboration, on that remix? Trevor. There you go. Trevor, hey, get Trevor on the phone. Buster Rhymes, Trevor. <laughs> the Dungeon Dragon. Yes. This, he's always like, and, and, and it could be any type of style. It's yeah. like, this dude will not disappoint. Right. Right. And that's, um, it's, it's impressive. And um, I read an interview some years ago. We, we were obviously giving uh, Trevor, Buster Rhymes, his, his just due. Um, they they said uh when well he, he was talking about when he left and he was, leaves in the new school and he was like you know the pressure you know he was such a character and stuff like that you think about the scenario people rewrote their rhymes because Buster rhymes verse exactly. um he's like man i was i was scared you know i was concerned because i had to worry about my 16 then i had dinko and milo you know um with their 16 i could just 16 uh-huh. i'm good he said now i gotta write three of those uh-huh. You know, he's like, you know, the pressure was uh, in, insane for, with that. But, hey, um, you know, it, obviously, look at his body of work. He figured it out. So you're, you're right. Real. So I'll give you my five. The God of okay. C. Rock him a law. Nasir Jones. I, I Yeah, I mm-hmm. know. And I'll, I'll just I'll tell you why I didn't. Yeah, I can't believe I didn't put him on there, but I'll explain that. Go ahead. I, I got you. I, I kind of think you what you might say. Uh, mm-hmm. Mr. Nasir Jones. Um, but he has Benjamin Button's disease, apparently, or something. A.K.A. Godson. Yeah, the Godson. So you got the God MC and the Godson. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess I should put those one or two, but I'm not. I'm just listening. Uh, Karis One. Uh-huh. Big Daddy Kane. Oh, my. Yeah, oh. and I, I'm gonna because you covered L. I, I agree with you with L, and uh, I'm I'm gonna go out to the West Coast. Okay. Because a lot of people, when you talk about these greats, and you think about this, you don't have this group in the way it is, because two of these guys wouldn't be rapping. Ice Cube. Yeah. Ice Cube. Yeah. yeah. Writing Dre's lyrics sometimes, writing Easy's lyrics within the That's group true. and writing his lyrics. That's true. And that longevity, 
So if you, you can say this. If LL Cool J is what he is to the East Coast, and we hold him high reference, I, th I believe, and I'm going to say this, you have to hold O'Shea Jackson similarly. Okay, I, I hear what you're saying. The but bodies would, of work are almost the same, but L has about what five, six years on I, on O'Shea. Yeah, and I yeah. would have to disagree because of another thing too. Mm -hmm. And this goes into one of the uh, one of the categories. Yeah, we we spoke of. Um, I'm looking at diversity. Diversity between. Let's say O'Shea Jackson and LL Cool J. Yeah. LL Cool J not only did it hit you with, I can stand on my own, who's gonna yeah. come at me. Got you commercially. Uh-huh. Which get you, you did too, not intentionally though. He not did. intentionally. He did. Yeah. He would get you with the freestyle. Cube did uh, some song. Mm -hmm. But then when it came to uh collaborations and when it came to guest appearances. Um, and it came to let's say the um, what do I want to say? Uh, not not ballads, but the 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 um, duets. Mm. LL Cool J was all over that. Okay, well, he go from the bedroom true. to the back alley. I, I don't expect uh, Ice Cube to be romantic. He can't. He just that's it not just, him. I don't expect that. I give <laughs> I, the reason why I put Cube in that five is mm -hmm. because when nobody was checking. For the West Coast lyrically at that point. This is 88, 89. When you heard Cube's voice, it was powerful. Oh, yeah. He is the torchbearer for what was to come lyrically from the West Coast. Outside the gangster rap thing, because he did other stuff. So when you, you look at these rappers who said, you know something, you can't rap forever. You know, you can in uh -huh. theory. But we don't expect you to. There's three that come in there. There's Will Smith, you know, the Fresh Prince, Ice Cube, and L. They were the ones who laid the foundation. And it's kind of crazy with Ice Cube at the same time. But you, you think about it. He actually laid the, the blueprint for even out and, you know, go down to Texas, the ghetto boys. They wanted to be NWA. Right. You know? You look at it. That was Texas NWA, you know. Yeah. So yeah. I, I I do not like to leave Ice Cube out of my top ten nor my top five because in eighty eight eighty nine I had my L A Raiders hat, you know. I had my black <laughs> sweatshirt, you know. My mom was ripping my tapes up and stuff because they were cursing so much, you know. And I was like, man, this this dude's voice is so powerful. You but know? you know what? With a lot of people, unless like people like ourselves know this yeah. about. Mr. O'Shea Jackson. Yeah. Remember now, we know when he came out mid late '80s, and he came mm -hmm. out with N.W.A. had the West Coast sound, the funk, and all that. Yeah. When he left, and you can hear this, and you know, if you know hip hop. Yeah. Who's he working with? Who's his production team? Oh, the Bomb Squad. And where are they from? New York. Exactly. So yeah. You had. And that's another Mr. reason LA. why I give him credit. <laughs> you have for Mr. having LA. wherewithal. With his mentality, his lyrics coming at you, go across across the Mississippi River, way over to the conscious side mm -hmm. with the bomb squad. It was yeah. insane to put those two together, and it worked. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. So we're going to move on to delivery because we're we're getting a little short on the tooth here. Uh, The voices. Oh, man. Of rap. The the distinctive voices. I'm going to go with. I said Ice Cube because it sounds like he was angry all the time. (laughs) You know, and you felt it. Like mm-hmm. you, you could hear him scowling and his his eyebrows twitching and stuff when he mm-hmm. rapped. Right. I was like, man, this dude's upset. What's wrong? <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong now, Cube? It's a DMX. Oh DMX. My you know, it, it's it's clearly it's yeah. like, all right, am I going to catch a heart attack or I'm going to hear a good crime story? And people sleep on X with his storytelling. You know, what yeah. you want. You know, how's it going down? He was telling stories. ATF, you know, he was Uh telling stories. Uh You know, so next I got big delivery, you know, Uh excellent story. People forget that big told a lot of stories. It was just lyrical content that you focus on. Like, that's a cool story. Right. You know, know, that's insane. You know, but you're too busy jamming and nodding your head to it and everything. Um, Method man. People sleep on Method Man's delivery. It, he has a lot of crazy wordplay in uh-huh. his stuff, you know. Uh-huh. And it, he his his first you know title song on the Wu Tang joint, right. you know, where he tells you M E T H O D. That was Hall and Oates. Oh, yeah. yeah, Hall and uh-huh. Oates. He was playing with people like nobody caught that and everything. Right. You know. Um. You know. It's it's uh, who else I could throw in there. Uh, delivery wise is just so distinct that uh, it made you pause and everything Pac, Tupac, because people was copying Master P, almost his whole team was was copying Pac's cadence, you know yeah, I throw him in there you know, people get upset and everything, I'm not a devout Pac fan, I'm I'm not um, and it's not taking anything away from him it, it felt like he kind of lost his way when he went the death row route, and that was probably the most successful point of his career. But if you look back when he started releasing that, un- well, they released the unreleased stuff he had. Right. He was going back to you know the holly if you can hear me, Pac, the mm-hmm. conscious Pac. Like he was writing themselves out of a record deal with death row. You could clearly hear that in his music and everything, even his stuff like songs. Um, that album has some positivity to it and stuff like that. Right. You know, but everybody was copying um, Pac's flow. You know, so who do you have? Whew, flow, gosh, this is tough. This is hard. Distinctive flows. Towards B.I.G. Mm-hmm. Have to. As soon as you hear it, you can just tell. Matter of fact, he don't got to say nothing. As soon as you hear him breathing, yep. Yep. <laughs> you know <who> <laughs> hey, who's the dope fat guy? Pun. Yeah. <laughs> You hear that? You just just put uh, my number two in there. Uh huh. And what's so crazy about him? People realize about just big and big pun. With big pun, if you didn't see him, you could kind of tell, like, okay, this guy's big. But when he started rhyming and rapping, you were like, how does he do that? Yeah. How could a person in health, healthy, great shape, hold and control his breathing? Think about him pausing and giving that his his probably his signature. Little in Italy, did diddly, you know, he goes oh, yeah. into that 20 second. Right. It's like the fat guy was holding his breath, rapping, right? And you can hear the end, he goes, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, I got big, I yeah. got big pun, uh, uh-huh. 
I gotta put the uh, the God MC Rakim Allah because he even yes he, he changed everything. That. He changed it. Yeah, man. I'm glad you said that. I was gonna say him, but I knew you was gonna come back with that. And it shows his upbringing because he grew up in a house full of blues and jazz, mm-hmm. yeah. and how his melody and the melodic how his voice was. He made sure to rhyme, so you wanted to hear what he was saying. Right. And the way he wrote, he explains that too. And it was just it was just unreal because no one had did that before. Mm-hmm. So I got Rakim, Biggie, Big Pun. Um, this is where it gets challenged. This is where it gets tough. Whew, delivery. Chuck D. I got, I got, I got to put my man in there. King Asiatic, nobody's equal. Uh, yeah, yeah. Because metaphors, you could do so many different styles and versions. Mm-hmm. It was just, and and yeah. then on top of that, I think he's probably the top guy for far as um. Uh, coming out with the metaphors, yeah, and the punchlines. Yeah. Probably yeah. one of the greatest. You, you don't have things. fabulous. I don't. And Lloyd Banks, if you don't, if Big Daddy Kane never exists, absolutely. You don't have those two guys. Those two no. guys are the recent metaphor kings. People crown them as such. Uh, mm-hmm. Without Big Daddy Kane, they don't know how to do that, in my opinion. There's no framework for them. Yeah, and these and these two others will probably surprise you. There's other people I can put in, but these two others will probably surprise you. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have to put him in there. Uh, Eminem. Uh, oh, okay. All right. Yeah. I, I, when you look in yeah. his body of work, yeah. you're like, yeah. how can your brain come up with your saying yeah. so much? So I don't know how many times you got to rewind and say what? Right. He did. He said what? Right. And then how he could change up his voice in the middle of rhymes to sound like another person or right. third party. Right. And say the stuff he say, and you're like, right. "Wow, how?" Right. True. And this and this other individual, which mm-hmm. is another one people slept on, but if you listen to him, he never changed. It was always the same thing, but because of his production team, it worked like magic. And I think this is probably the greatest DJ slash producer slash MC together, and that's Google. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. If Google could have done it with another pr- production team, another producer. Well, he but did Guru, with the with the Jazzmatazz series was, that wasn't yeah. premiere. Yeah. But but Guru, the way it was the same thing every mm-hmm. single song, but it just worked. Yeah, yeah. that that you know mon- monotonous. You know, some people call it boring, but highly yeah. effective. Yeah, always tell people that you got everything he was saying. Lovesick is one of my favorite, you oh, know, my. gangstar joints. But he got his point around. If you got looking at the front door, you have to listen to, listen to uh, Lovesick. It's one of my favorite joints. Um, people like, so why'd hard. you pick that? This is so hard, mm-hmm. man, just to go with five. Because like I said, tomorrow I can wake up and have yeah. number five. Yeah, hands but down. Hands on top down. of my head, that's my five. Biggie, yeah. Big Pun, uh, Guru, Eminem, mm-hmm. and um, who did I say my other guy was? Oh, yeah, Rock Him. Yeah, Rock Him. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah. at, honestly, everyone, you could hear we could do this for hours, right? But we do have a time constraint on the podcast. Um, you, you hear the chemistry. We know this stuff. We lived it. We still live it. But there's a part two to this. And we're going to continue on with Goat Talk. Check us out on the next episode. I'm the solution for Delicious Tears podcast. And my dude. This is Tommy Two Times. And we're out of here. Like we always used to say, no more music by who? The Suckers. And we're out. <laughs> Peace.
surprise, motherfucker. The solution.